0: Hey, this is Jacob Burgi, lead pastor at Fuel Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Fuel Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. All right. Our final installment of our Family Matters series. If you have been MIA or you couldn't make it to the other three messages, I do encourage you to go to the website, uh, iTunes, Google Play. I mean, we have it everywhere now, so there is no excuse for not hearing a message. It's all free. We we, we don't sell our messages, so we just want to get the word out to you, and, and we want to get the word inside of you. And so I encourage you, this has been a a, the lights are back on. We're good. No blinking. All right, here we go. We just had to restart them. Um, this has been a very exciting series for our church, and I've heard so many of you uh, email us and, and tell me personally how this series has blessed your marriage, your family. And so I just really encourage you to check out those other three messages, and we're going to bring this series to a close today. Each month, we simply rally around a series And we go to God's Word. We believe that God's Word has the answers for life, for family, the answers for us to grow in our relationships, the answers for us to grow in our walk with the Lord. And so each month, we just rally around a series. And so our new series coming up is I Heart My Church, and you're going to be hearing more about that at the conclusion of our service. Our main thought in this series has been this, family matters to God, therefore God should matter to family. Can we say that together? Family matters to God, therefore God should matter to family. One more time, you're sounding good today. Family matters to God, therefore God should matter to family. Today, I want to talk about the topic of relationships in the family. Relationships. Here's the fact. God made each of us to have relationships. Someone say relationships. God made our families to have relationships. God made our kids to have relationships. And God made mom and dad and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas to have relationships. We know that we have relationship with our Heavenly Father and that we will have relationship with other people in this world. Now, since the fall of Adam and Eve, we have seen that maintaining these relationships have been a major struggle between Man and man, and between man and God. Relationships. I've learned this, that in relationships, that God will send people into your lives, and the devil will send people into your life. I say it like this. When God wants to bless you, he'll send people into your life. When the devil wants to destroy you, he'll send people into your life. Are you with me? these relationships that we choose to cultivate in our lives as a family unit will help cultivate or will help rather define who we are and what we will become. Jesus broke it down in simple terms in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, 31. If you don't have a Bible, you can check out our big Bibles up here on the screen. And he said this, love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Oh, I got a trick version all of your heart, and with what? All of your soul, and with what? All of your mind. Does all mean all in Indiana like it does in New Jersey? All, right? Okay. And with all of your strength, he says. Verse 31, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, that's hard sometimes for us because a lot of times we struggle with loving ourselves, so how could we love our neighbor? Hmm? And Jesus is just breaking this down, and, and, and he's saying, listen, you could sum up this life with this, love God, love others. Someone say, love God, love others. Or basically, have relationship with God and have relationship with others. Hmm? Both of these principles are about relationship. Someone say relationship. Relationship. You and I must discern the people that we allow in our lives. We must decide how much time we're going to invest in the relationship of others. You You and I must help our kids to discern from right and wrong relationships and friendships. Because the relationships that you allow into your home will impact your home. Sometimes positive, sometimes it can be negative. Here's the truth. Your past, your present, and your future is always connected to people. For those people who have no friends, no relationships, the Bible says that if you want to have friends, you got to make yourself friendly. For those people who say, man, I've been to church for two months, but no one's ever came up to me. Well, have you went up to anybody? Have you cultivated relationships? Because Jesus said, Hey, 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 if you're gonna make it in this world, if you're gonna make it following me, you gotta love God and you gotta love others. You gotta have a relationship with me and you gotta have a relationship with others. Because the truth of the matter is, God is my strength in life, but people help fortify that strength that I have in my God. Have you ever had someone in your life who spoke words? into your life that impacted you forever? Positive words? Have you ever had people in your life who helped you keep accountable in life, helped you navigate through a storm in life? Have you ever looked back and said, man, I thank God they were in my life. They helped me through this. They helped me through this. And and so the truth today is we all are connected to other people the question is what kind of people are we connected to what kind of people are we allowing into our homes because family matters because family matters what friends are you allowing your kids to hear what words are coming out of their mouths that are tearing down that your kids are hearing what atmosphere are you allowing to be created in your home by the relationships you let through Mm. We're going to get into this today. Stay with me. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins. Someone say ruins. Good morals. Basically what I've said for 18 years to young people, and I say it to adults, who you hang out with is who you become. In the church, outside of the church. Who you hang with is who you become. Show me your top five friends in your text messages or your phone calls, and I'll show you a snapshot of your future. You say, Well, I'm always struggling. I I can't, I can't, I just can't stop complaining. Well, show me your five friends, and that'll indicate who you've been hanging with. Complainers, right? People who are always putting you down. People who are always saying negative stuff about you, right? Bad company ruins good morals. So let's talk about three toxic relationships that we need to guard for ourselves and for our family. Can we talk about that today? Three toxic relationships. Number one is the chronic critics. Someone say chronic critics. Oh, if they're sitting beside you, please do not look at them or point. That would be very rude. But in your head, point to them. In your head, in your head, just point. Just have that finger like this if there's a chronic critic sitting next to you. These are the people that find faults in everything and everyone. Do you know them? Are they living with you? (laughs) Chronic critics. Well, the weather is too hot. The weather is too cold. The room is too hot. The room is too cold. At every meal they go out to eat, it, it's never good enough. And the service is never fast enough. And the cost is always too high. And I didn't want to sit in this booth. I wanted to sit in that booth. But somebody took my booth. So when has it, did you pay for that booth? <laughs> Why well, go here every Monday at this time. So it's my booth. All they know how to do is pick everything apart. I call them the nose pickers. They're picking everybody else's nose, tearing everyone else apart. They pick apart your life because you're never good enough to them. You never meet their standards in life. Your kids are never good enough to them. Your marriage is never good enough to them. Your finances are never good enough for them. And if we're not careful as parents, as grandparents, as, re- as we are raising our kids, we can be critics of our kids' behavior to the point that it drives them away from us. Someone say chronic critics. I believe uh, in discipline in my home. I'm all for discipline. I'm all for rules. And there are certain family values that we hold dear in our home. And there are certain non-negotiables. And there is screen screen, screen time limits. Amen? There is, and I believe you should have that, and there is consequences for wrong behavior. But here's the thing. I believe every one of you in here that you want to raise successful kids, right? Amen? No one wants your kid to fail, right? You want to raise successful kids, but here's the thing. If we just shove rules and regulations down their throat to get them to be obedient, eventually the rules will create a rebellion. Stay with me because the moment they get out of your house, they're going to start doing all the stuff that you put off limits to them because you didn't raise kids that were submitted to God out of love. You raised kids that were submitted out of fear, out of fear. Someone say fear. fear and fear can only hold them for so long. But I believe if you raise them to honor God and to make godly decisions from their heart, And raise them to have a relationship with God based on love and not fear. I've learned this in parenting. That I've always got to explain the why behind the what. And sometimes we're so busy and impatient that we don't explain to our kids why this is so in our house. Why these rules are in our house. We we say the what. This is what the rules are. What are you doing? And the most famous words we've all heard growing up is because, is this, because I said so, period. We don't give the definition of because I said so, right? And I've, I've learned this. I've learned that if I can take some time and explain the why, here, here, here's why, son, we don't talk like that in our house. Here's why we respect our elders, Here's why, and, and I'll bring in stories of my life, because there's plenty of stories of me disrespecting other people, right? Mom said amen. Did you hear that? <laughs> Dad's shaking his head. There are plenty of life lessons that I can pass down to my kids, because I was that PK. It stands for pretty Crazy. Uh, Pretty crazy kid. And so I, I can take a moment and I can tie in God's word and I can tie in my personal experiences and explain to my kids why. Here's why you don't have friends in your life that don't believe like you. Here's why you can't go to their house. Here's why. Here's why. Here's the why behind the what. Here's why we don't watch that. Here's why. Talk with them stop yelling rules at them and sit down and have a conversation with your kids and stop being the chronic critic of your kid's behavior to your friends to your parents well my kid's a brat my kid will always be like he's the biggest brat ever really you can have what you say do you want that well my kid's probably going to end up like his daddy My kid's probably going to end up like my daddy. Crazy. He's going to be doing this. Really? Do you want that? Let's touch and agree with that. Is that what you want? Let's touch and agree. Do you want that stuff over your life, over your kids? No. Stop being the constant critic over your kids. Is this okay today? We're just having a conversation. I know when we talk about kids, it's like up there when we talk about money, everybody gets nervous grabbing their wallet. Where's Johnny? I'm getting up and checking him out early. I don't care if he's got a tag. I'm checking him out. I don't like this church. Settle down, settle down, Sally. Settle down, Sally. If your name's Sally, don't take offense. I'm not... (laughs) I gotta gotta say this because you wouldn't believe it. Somebody, I'm Sally. You were talking to me. What? I don't know a Sally in here. If you're Sally, we love you. Jesus loves you. We've got a free shirt for you today, Sally. (laughs) Praise God. It kind of reminds me, this chronic critics of a few people that Moses had in his camp. You remember that story of Moses? For those of you who are not familiar with the Bible, there's a story and uh, God had delivered the people of Israel out of slavery. Someone say slavery. 400 years of slavery and they were brought out of Egypt and they were on their journey to the promised land. And you would think that these people would be thankful, but instead they became chronic complainers. God even parted the Red Sea to save them from Pharaoh and his army. And they turned around and they started to complain about not having good water to drink. You remember it, right? Then they complained about the food. They said, well, every morning we wake up and there's manna sitting there waiting for us for breakfast. And we're really sick of manna. We're sick of it. They're complaining to God about the food and then they go on to say this. Actually, Moses, and they start having this conversation with Moses. He's getting a little irritated. And he's, they said this. It would be better for us to die in Egypt than for us to struggle for food as free people in God's promised land. And just when you thought it was over, each time that in their journey, as they would get to a new location, they would start complaining. And you know what happened? Two things happened. First thing is... Their critical spirit of complaining kept them from entering in to God's promised land. So for 40 years, they wandered and they complained. They wondered and they complained. They wondered and they complained. Am I describing anyone's marriage? <laughs> they wondered and they complained. And they just went around and, around and around and around and around we go. And they complained. The second thing that happened is this their critical spirit and their complaining begin to bring down their pastor and their leader? And he gets so frustrated that he cries out to God. He says, God, I'm sick of these people, kill them all. <laughs> oh, pray for your pastor. Because sometimes those words are in our head. We don't say them, but we think of them. <laughs> Burn them up, Jesus. They're criticizing my message again. They don't like my holy jeans again, burn them up, roast them, burn offerings. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not praying that, but I think it sometimes just joking, but not really. <laughs> because what happened is bad company ruined good character. I, I see. I don't believe all of those people were complaining. I, I just believe it started with one or two and it just spread the domino effect. Because who you hang out with is who you will become. The number two type of people that bring toxic relationships into our family and into our lives are constant controllers. Someone say that with me, constant controllers. These are the people who want to control every aspect of your life. (laughs) We as parents have to watch this over our kids because... We can allow friendships into our home, friendships with our kids that have this controlling influence over them and they have these stronger personalities and they try to dominate our kids and lead them down the wrong path of decision-making. I think all of us could be honest in here and if we could rewind to our high school or college days, we could say, you know what? I got off track when I started hanging with him. I got off when I started hanging with her because she had a stronger personality because he was always had the answer and he was always saying, you know what? We're going to go there. We're going to party. We're going to drink till we don't remember anything. Let's do it. <laughs> right? We could all rewind and go back to that person who had that constant control over our lives. And we got to be careful that we don't allow that into our homes. We got to be careful as parents that we're not overbearing parents. Oh, overbearing parents. I mean, this can start very at a very young age. First, we start laying out their clothes in kindergarten, and I'm all for that. Don't write me a letter. But then it never stops. And, you know, now we're choosing their friends, and now we're telling them what college to go to, and now we're telling them what career they need to go. And now, then the last thing is we're choosing their spouse. We're playing the bachelor at our house. (laughs) I know you're going to marry him, (laughs) You're going to marry her, huh? And if we're not careful, we, we can have this control over our kids and we, we, we don't really release them to God. The Bible says children are as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. So you, you have the opportunity, the 18, 19 years, to mold and shape them as they're in your home, but then one day that arrow's getting pulled back and you're shooting them out into the world. To become what God is destined for them to be. And I know some of you got tears in your eyes because little Johnny just started kindergarten. And you can't even think about shooting them out yet. It's not yet. It's in a few more years. Settle down. But if we hover over them and we try to control every decision, then then, then when they're in college, then then we got to move into their dorm room with them. Because they don't know how to pick out clothes and they don't know how to iron clothes. And they don't know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If you don't do anything for your kid, teach them how to make a PB&J sandwich with crunchy peanut butter about that thick and jelly, grape jelly about that thick on the other side and put the two together. And the last thing you have to do in order for it to be a legit PB&J, you got to turn it and cut it. (laughs) Triangle cut. No, no, no. Some of you have been cutting the wrong way. That's why your kid ain't coming back and saying, Mom, lunch was off the hook. You didn't cut it the right way. Turn it and cut it. I'm preaching up in here now. I feel my help coming. It's funny in the word of God because Peter actually tried to control Jesus. He did Jesus said, listen, this cross, I'm going to bear this cross, and I'm going to carry it, and then they're going to crucify me, and I'm going to die, and it's going to be bloody, it's going to be gory, and, and Peter's like, no, Jesus, I'm not letting them do that to you. What did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan, because Peter was trying to control the life of Jesus. Huh? Constant controllers can be toxic because they, can, they always pull us away. From who God wants us to be. Stop letting people who do so little for you. Try to control your thoughts and feelings. And and your decision making. You and God are in charge of your life. Not them. That just set somebody free right there. Stop allowing people to control you. I heard this quote. I heard this quote this week. It says this. When a toxic person can no longer control you. They will try to control how others see you. The misinformation will feel unfair, but stay above it, trusting that the other people will eventually see the truth just like you did. Mm -hmm. Third type of people I want to talk about that we got to guard our relationships with is tantalizing tempers. Oh, good Lord. Someone say tantalizing tempers. These are the people who encourage us to do things we know we shouldn't do, right? Everyone in our family has relationships in this category. These are the friends who encouraged us to drink and smoke when we were young and the ones who told us we need to have nicer clothes and a bigger house and a newer car as we got older. These are those high school friends we reconnected with on Facebook and they just haven't seemed to mature beyond high school. Still doing the same thing with the same people getting in the same trouble. These are the church people, uh-oh, that, we, that still gossip and put others down. and They call it, we're going to pray for her. And an hour later, they haven't prayed for her. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we just need to pray for sister. She's struggling. Oh, what's going on? Well, her husband cheated on her with that lady who sits on the other side of the church. Oh, yeah, her girlfriend. Hour later, they're still talking about it. They ain't prayed yet. They ain't prayed yet. These tantalizing tempers are so-called friends we allow in our homes that have completely different value system than us show our kids mommy and daddy really aren't living what they say because they're hanging out with these people. These are the people that live however they feel with no regard to God and his word. They, they bring us down. They cause our kids to compromise their convictions. And here's the truth. We've all once had or currently do have some of these toxic relationships in our lives, but we could take some steps in making sure we're sailing on the right ship someone say relationship one more time relationship because here's the truth you are either on the battleship or the cruise ship with the relationships that are in your home and in your life is it more like a cruise ship where you're chilling and there's calm waters and you're hanging out, you're having fun, you're enjoying life? Or is it more like a battleship? There's always tension, there's always arguments, there's always problems, there's always accusations, there's always lies, there's always fights. We could never have a calm dinner without throwing spaghetti and meatballs at each other. What is it for your home? What is it for your kids? And I think we could look at four steps that. We can ask God to help us with while we're sailing through these turbulent waters. And the first step is this. God, strengthen my important relationships. God, can you strengthen my important relationships? Because when the right people enter into your life, right things begin to happen. Right people are those who build you up and not tear you down. They're excited about your potential. They're excited about the new job promotion. They're excited about what God is doing in your marriage and in your home. And they're encouraging you in the things of God. Amen. I love this scripture in Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on those things. We could change that a little bit. I know we're not supposed to add to the word, but this is my translation. Finally, brethren, whosoever is true, whosoever is honest, whosoever is just, whosoever is pure, whosoever is lovely, whosoever has a good report, whosoever is positive, there be any virtue in them. If they're praising God about his goodness, have them around your life. Have them around you. I want to be around people who build me up, not tear me down. This world's tearing us down. We're going to our job. People are tearing us down. We're flipping on the news. It's tearing us down. I want to be around people who believe in me, who believe in my kids, who speak life and God's word over my kids, not say, oh, they're horrible kids, man. They're brats, man. They're this. They're that. Amen? I want to be around people who lift me up. So we need to strengthen those important relationships look at our relationships as parents, as, uh, as guardians, as aunts and uncles and say, you know what, are these relationships enhancing my walk with God? or Are they taken away from it? Are they enhancing my children seeing a godly example or is it a wrong example? Cause I can guarantee you your kids are watching every move. I can guarantee you they're watching your moves and they're watching your friends moves. We're going to ask God, strengthen my important relationships. Amen? Second step we're going to take is we're going to ask God to heal my strained relationships. God, we're going to ask you to heal my strained relationships. Romans 12, verse 17, 18 says, do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Someone say peace. Notice it says, it's in 18, verse 18, it says, if it's possible. <laughs> Some people, it ain't possible to live at peace with. They impossible possible when it comes to peace. Amen? You can sign a peace treaty. There ain't going to be peace in that home. Why? Because they don't want peace. They don't want peace. It says, live at peace. Don't, don't repay evil for evil. Here's the truth. Here's the truth, guys. Here, listen, listen. Everyone in here has been hurt by somebody. You're not the only one that's been hurt. You're not the only one that's been abused. You're not the only one that's been talked down to. You're not the only one that's been cheated at your job. You're not the only one that has family members use and abuse you and talk down to you. All of us have had these people who have hurt us. And no, it's not right. It is wrong. But someone say, but. but we can be the bigger person and we can say, I'm not going to repay evil for evil. Although they hurt me, although they hurt my kids, although they hurt my marriage, I'm not going to repay evil for evil. God heal these strained relationships. He heal them God. And, and maybe as you ask God to heal those strained relationships, he's going to say, pick up the phone and tell them you forgive them. Oh, I didn't think I'd get any amens on that. (laughs) Because that's where we get off the train. No, I'm taking this to the grave. Really? Really? And you're going to allow everybody in your family to be tainted with that toxic attitude of they hurt me, they abused me, they did this? Listen, some of you, I know some of your stories, you've been through some crazy stuff, but can I just tell you, there's someone who's been through worse. And they got a smile on their face. And they got the joy of the Lord. And they said... That abuse, that hurt is not going to define my life. My God is going to define my life. And I'm going to to allow that toxic relationship to creep into my kids and to be passed down to the next generation. No, it's stopping right now. Someone say, well, that, that runs in my family. Well, it stops running right now. You got to stand up and say, no, 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 no. No longer is that running in my family. It's stopping with me. It's stopping with me. I dare you to make the call. I dare you to go make the visit. I dare you to tell them you forgive them. I dare you to make it right before it's too late. Because there's some people in here who wish they could make it right, but it's too late. It's too late. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let that happen to you. God, heal our strained relationships. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another. As the Lord has forgave you, also you must forgive them. I don't know about you, but God has forgiven me on a lot of stuff in my life. A lot of stuff this week. I know y'all got it all together, but I don't. i be on the struggle bus some days. Pray for your pastor. He's forgiven me from a lot of junk and bad decisions and wrong moves that I made. Now he says in in, in James here, it says, has God forgave you? Now you go and forgive someone. Hmm? Heal my strained relationships, God. It's only when something is revealed is it healed. See, some of you for 20, 30, 40 years have never got healing because it's never been revealed. It's only when it's revealed is it healed. It's only when you let it out. It's only when you say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Forgiveness doesn't mean we forget. Mm. Yeah, because if someone hurt me that bad, I won't forget that because I'm not going to allow them back into my life or my kid's life. I'm not going to forget that, but I am going to release it and forgive it. I'm going to release it because it's not going to impact my life any longer. My kids, it's not going to any longer. The third step we can take from the toxic relationships is disconnecting from harmful relationships. Disconnecting from harmful relationships. Those people that take you down and not up. Those people who are always making withdrawals and never depositing something good in your life. Those people that abuse and misuse you. Those people that gossip about you. Those people who are bad company that's ruining good morals. Those people who are critical... And never complimenting you or your family or your kids. We can disconnect from those relationships. Proverbs thirteen twenty says this. Whoever, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer much harm. Whoever walks with the what wise will become wise. What you hang out with is what you become. You hang out with families who are putting God first. Guess what? That's the environment that's created. That's what your kids are seeing. You hang around homes that are partying and, and doing things that you know are wrong. That's, that's what's going to be in your home. That's what your kids are seeing. That's the foundation of faith you're building in your kids. It says whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer. How many times our kids suffer because of our relationships? Wow. I think about my life. And some wrong decisions I made letting people into my home. That didn't have the same value system as me. My kids may have heard something that I didn't agree with. And now my kids suffer because of that. Because they ask, well, so-and-so said that. Wow. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. I take that responsibility. And I choose to disconnect from harmful relationships. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. If people don't believe like you, don't be yoked up with them because they're going to bring you down to their level, which is always down. You're going up. You're following Jesus. You're following Jesus. If they're not following Jesus, guess what? You're going to end up going the opposite direction and going away from Jesus and not towards Jesus what it says. Don't be, I know this isn't a shouting message, but it sure is good. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Well, I'm just trying to be a witness to their life. Well, you can be a witness to their life. I believe that. I believe, you know, we can hang out and I have lunch all the time with friends that I used to go to school with and they're not believers, but I'll go to Chipotle with them and share a burrito. Come on, somebody chicken, extra cheese. And yes, I know the guac is extra. Stop asking me Slap. Pray for me. And, 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 and yes, I I hang out in that kind of environment, but, but I've had invites from those same individuals. Hey, come to my house. I'm having a party. Nope. Can't come. Not going to be around that. My party is here. (laughs) My party is Sunday, right? Come on now. And so, and so we have to learn to separate because those people just drag us down. We take one step forward on Sunday and we hear a word, but then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're hanging out at their house and we take two steps back. Sometimes you got to make a decision, guys. Paul said, listen, when I came to Christ, Paul was crazy. He was killing Christians. He was murdering Christians. That was his life before Christ. He said, when I came to Christ, you know what I had to do, friends? I had to cut off some people who were causing me to sin. There are people in your life who the enemy sends to cause you to sin. Can I, can I talk to all the single ladies real quick as we wrap this up? Can I talk to all... Where are all my single ladies at? All my single ladies? Okay. If you're single, please know this. The enemy wants you to think that all the good ones are taken. Let me talk to all the single ladies. So, so I'm just going to lower my standards. Because all the good Christians are taken. And single ladies begin to compromise their purity to get someone. And they say, Well, I know he doesn't go to church, but I'm just going to go on a few dates and maybe I'll convert him or something like that. Because all the good ones are taken. I, I want to remind you of a lady in the Bible named Ruth. And Ruth said, I- I'm just not going to date anyone. Ruth was picky. And and she waited on her boaz. Someone say boaz. boaz. She waited. He was a wealthy man. He was a spiritual man. He was a good-looking man. He was a sensitive man, and that equals a husband. That didn't go over how I thought it would. Some of you are slow, but you're worth waiting on. He was a husband. So to all the girls, throw that up, guys. To all the girls who are in a hurry to have a boyfriend or get married, here's a piece of biblical advice. Ruth waited patiently for her boaz. Someone say boaz. While you're waiting on your boaz, don't settle for any of his relatives. Don't settle for broke ass. Someone say broke ass. Come on, someone say boaz. Someone say <laughs> someone say lion ass. Oh, here we go. Someone say cheating ass. Don't settle for that. Dumb ass, drunk ass, cheap ass, locked up ass, good for nothing ass, and lazy ass. And especially his third cousin beating your ass. Wait on your Boaz ass and make sure he respects your ass. For those religious people that I just P.O.'d off, there is a door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. We love you. Boaz. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Hit your neighbor and say, don't settle. God's got someone for you. As Dad said, there's a lid for every pot. God's got something for you. Don't. To dare settle. Stand with me this morning. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life is throwing you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional, and, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. if. If you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here. But find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.